This is a completely impromptu schmooze. This is something that I very rarely do. Um, I didn't plan on giving a schmooze today at all because uh, it is an off Shabbos, and the rule is that when there's an off Shabbos, I don't give a schmooze, which reminds me of the joke um, about the, uh, the Rav that says in his Shabbos morning drasha that even though today uh, we said Hallel, and the rule is that on a Shabbos that we say Hallel, the Rav doesn't give a drasha, he says, V'yesh Aymrim, on a Shabbos that the Rav doesn't say a drasha, we say Hallel. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, that's the rule. The rule is that when there's an off Shabbos, there's no schmooze. I was not planning on giving a schmooze. And, um, and I honestly don't know why I decided to do it. I think that because I came to davening this morning and there was a daf, and uh, I thought there would be an empty island, and then when there was a, a very nice minion, I felt very guilty uh, not giving a schmooze. Uh, I didn't realize that so few people would actually stay for the schmooze. I wouldn't have felt so guilty, but I'm joking. There's very nice island bar for Shem today. And, um, but I do know um, a deeper reason why I was compelled to give a schmooze today, which I didn't realize at the time until Chaim pointed out to me, that uh, today is a very uh, momentous occasion uh, in a sad way, a bittersweet way, in that uh, it's the last shmuz which is going to be videoed by Yedideinu Reb Shlema Martyr. And uh, for any of you out in Tarani Timeland who have been uh, watching the shmuzin over the past, uh, how many years? Two and a half? Three years, maybe? Um, it's all been the masterwork of uh, cinematography by, uh, by Herb Shlema Martyr. Any problems that there were on the video is his fault. Any successes that there were is, his, uh, is to his credit. And um, he's really been amazing every single week, like clockwork. He has been here and uh, has done a, an amazing job and... Um, uh, it's very sad that he's not going to probably be coming back next year, um, but his schus and his spirit is going to be in this base medrash uh, forever, um, which leaves an opportunity for anyone that is interested in uh, next year uh, doing the weekly filming. Um, you could speak to Shlomo about it, and I'm sure he will give you the entire, uh, the entire routine, and uh, it's an opportunity that... Uh, is one that uh, would be greatly appreciated by me. So this is a schmooze that I basically put together in about three minutes this morning. Uh, and you'll tell me afterwards if you could tell that that is the case. There is a Gemara in Sanhedrin that relates to something in this week's parsha, which is Parsha's Nasai. And a main thing in Parsha's Nasai that we live with every day uh, and every yantif is Birkas Kaihanim, the priestly blessings, the blessings as the Baltfila always says, Barchenu Babracha Meshuleshes Batayr. It's a triple blessing. It's a blessing which is really a three pronged blessing um, in that it has three psukim. Yivarechacha Hashem Yishmarecha, Yara Hashem Panavelecha Vichuneka. These are the three psukim found in this week's parasha, and it's a bracha that's mishuleshes. It was 
a bracha that was entrusted to Bnei Aaron, HaKaihanim, and this is the blessing that they give to Klal Yisrael. Um, in Eretz Yisrael, they do it daily. In Chutz Laaretz, they do it on Yom Taivim, as we know. But it's given ba'ava, it's given from a, a loving heart uh, to Klal Yisrael, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu blesses Klal Yisrael through the Kaihanim's um, being a, uh, uh, a tzinar, a pipeline of blessing through the fingers of the Kaihanim from the Shechina and to the Jewish people. There's a Gemara in Sanhedrin at the beginning of Sanhedrin that says in discussing Ibr Hashanah that we are Ma'abr the Shana best and goes and they are... Um, they proclaim a leap year when they decide that it's necessary. There are certain factors, certain criteria that are determining uh, factors as to when or whether they should, in fact, add an extra month to the year. Um, one of the major ones, of course, you don't want Pesach falling out in the middle of the winter, although this year that happened. You want to try to keep uh, Pesach in the springtime as the tire wants it to be. And... Uh, and so every so often, they have to sort of tinker with the, uh, with the calendar and add an extra month in order to make sure that a certain, um, certain things happen at the right time. And the Gemara, the Mishnah at the beginning of Sanhedrin, discusses how many Dayanim uh, have to be involved in this process of being Ma'abr Deshana. And Rav Shem Shita is an interesting one. He says that the beginning of the deliberations about whether we should or should not be Ma'avr Deshana takes place with three Dayanim. And then after this initial deliberation takes place with the three Dayanim, then they debate the matter. That takes place with five Dayanim. And then the final conclusion, whether or not to do it or not, that decision has to be made with seven Dayanim. So we have these numbers, three, five, seven. Three is the beginning of the deliberation, five is the actual debate, seven is the conclusion. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin then asks, where do you get these funny numbers from? Where is three, five, and maybe it should be four, 14, and 29. How do you know that it's three, five, and seven? That's the Gemara's question. And the Gemara gives several possibilities. One of the answers that the Gemara suggests is that we got these numbers of 3, 5, and 7 from Birkas Kayhanim. Birkas Kayhanim, as Rashi points out there, has three words in the first bracha, that first pasuk, Yivarechacha, Hashem Yishmerecha. The second pasuk has five. Yar Hashem Panav Elecha Vichunecha. And the last pasuk of Birkas Kahanim has seven. Yisa Hashem, Pana These numbers, three, five, and seven, have for some reason something to do with being Ma'abra the Shana. And for whatever reason, that's why we use as a template these numbers when we are deliberating and we are debating and we are deciding about Ibrashan. And the obvious question is, what in the world does Birkas Kaihanim 
have to do it being ma'avra deshana. It seems like something that's so far apart. In Yiddish, there's an expression, arbis tzumvan. Arbis tzumvan means like chickpeas against a wall. It's like nothing to do with each other. Chickpeas and walls have nothing to do with each other. So what does that mean that, uh, you know, that because we have three, five, and seven words in the Pesukim, the Birkas Kahanim, therefore we were inspired to create that amount of Dayanim at different phases in being Ma'abra Shana. Very strange Gemara. So I heard once a, a beautiful pshat from Rafael Kohn, who is the famous author of the classic Sefer Badei HaSholchan. Badei HaSholchan, um, if anyone uh, is learning for smicha, uh, you have to have a Badei HaSholchan. It's one of those like requisite uh, svarim. Uh, Rafael Kohn is a, a Talmud of Rav Hutner, Chaim Berliner, um, tremendous Paisik, very close with Rav Yashiv, Yibadu uh, Chaim, and he um, he he was a rab in Flappish for many many decades, and I when I lived in Flappish, Davin in his shul very often, and um, now he's retired in Lakewood. I mean, he's not retired; he's still doing whatever. Tyra, he did in Flappish, but he's not a, a pulpit rabbi anymore. He lives in Lakewood, and, and he's still putting out his classics for him. But his Vadi HaShofen is basically a Mishnabura on sections of Yeridea. Like, so he has on Taruvis, and on Nida, and on Tvila, and on um, Basar V'chalav. He just put out one on Hilchas Tzedakah. He keeps putting out these farm. They're basically a Mishnabura on Yeridea. And they are wildly success, successful, wildly popular. If you go into any base medrash in the world, from left to right, from Hasidish to modern ortho, every base medrash in the world has multiple, multiple copies of Badei Shochan on the table if they are learning anything, you know, related to Yeridea. And he was also, a, is and was a wonderful uh, darshaner, and, um, and one Shabbos, I remember he gave this Vard, and it stays with me till today. And so when I was scrambling this morning to figure out something to say, this is my go-to pshat for Parshas Nasser. He says like this. He says, what's the point of Ibra Shana in a, in a, in a, a deeper sense? The, the calculation sense is that what happens is that we have a solar calendar and we have a lunar calendar. We have a solar year and a lunar year. So, whereas the Gregorian, the Gaiusha calendar has 365 days in the year. That's a, that's a calendar. That's a solar calendar year. The Jewish calendar, we go by the moon. So, if you have the months of the moon, it comes out to 354 days. So there is basically a discrepancy of about 11 days a year that we're behind the solar calendar. And because that happens, inevitably things are going to get out of kilter because if you want to have, let's say, the springtime and you want Pesach in the springtime, it's not going to work because eventually, as time goes on, Pesach is bound to the lunar calendar 
and so and the solar calendar is on its own course, so you're not going to be able to always have Pesach in the spring because it's going to be eventually in the summer, in the fall, in the winter, unless you sort of try to bring the two calendars into sync with one another. So what the Chazal do is every so often they have to add another month to the Jewish calendar so that we're back in in sync with the Gaiisha calendar, so that everything is sort of nicely structured. And so nowadays we don't have Ibra Shana, so we have a set calendar, and every 19 years we have seven, uh, seven leap years inserted at, at, at certain times but to keep it in sync. But before that calendar was set, we had to... Um, have Ibrashana. Ibrashana was the way that we did this. And so Besson met and they convened and they decided whether or not this was a year that we should or should not add that extra month to the year in order to play catch up with the solar calendar. Now, on a deeper level, on a deeper level, the solar calendar represents Gashmias. That's why the Gayim, who are more into Gashmias than then Ruchnius, in general, they are bound to the solar calendar. Solar, sun represents more Gashmias. Everything under the sun, the sun represents the Varim Gashmian. Klal Yisrael follows the lunar calendar, and there's a reason for that, because the moon is a Ruchniastika entity. It's considered to be not the sun. The sun is very very intense Gashmi, and the lunar, the, the moon, is very intense Ruchmi. That's why Kval Yisrael are supposed to follow the lunar calendar because that is what we are bound to. We are bound by time that's spent in Ruchmias. But, truth be told, we need Gashmias as well as we need Ruchmias. Just because we're Yidden does not mean that we could just completely do away with Gashmias. We need to eat, we need to drink, we need to have clothing, we need to shop, we need to relax, we need to do our own thing also. We're not robots and we're not uh, Malachim. We need Gashmias in order to survive, period. And so the way Fivel sees it is that you have an opportunity to sort of seamlessly put into sync Gashmias and Ruchnias, which is what Ibra Hashanah really represents, by making sure that the Gashmias and the Ruchnias, the lunar and the solar, are in sync, we're basically saying we have to find that perfect balance in life between Gashmias and Ruchnias. Otherwise, it's going to completely get out of control. If we're only solely focused on Gashmias, that's a terrible thing. If we're only solely focused on Ruchnias, it sounds nice, but it doesn't work. Because what's going to happen is we're going to be stuck in our Ruchniastika space, and everything else, the, the solar calendar is running away, and it's, it's going to not be healthy for us if we don't have the right amount of Gashmias in our life also. So we need to work, and we need to eat and we need to sleep, and we need to t- take care of ourselves, we need to play some ball, 
But if we do too much of that, that's not good either. So we have to be ma'aber the shun, and we have to make sure that the ruchnius and the gashmius are nicely aligned with one another. That's really a very important, if not the most important trick in life, is to try to figure out how to strike that healthy balance between ruchnius and gashmius. I want to learn, I also want to work, or I have to work. I want to I wanna do mitzvahs, but I also need to sleep. And I want to, uh, you know, I want to solely concentrate on Avedas Hashem, but I also have to go shopping. So what do I do? I have to find a balance for both of them and understand that both Ruchnius and Gashmius are very essential for my well-being in this world and in the next world. Now, where do we find this template? of Ruchnius and Gashmius coming together as one, Birkas Kaihanim. If we ever explore what the meaning of Birkas Kaihanim is, it's an amazing bracha. What is the bracha of Birkas Kaihanim? The first bracha of the three brachas is Yivarecha Hashem Yishmarecha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu should bless us and guard us. What does that mean? You should bless us and guard us. And Rashi says on the spot in this week's parasha that he should bless and guard our nechassim, our property, what we own, our possessions, should have bracha, and they should be protected. Meaning, it's one thing to have bracha. I could be a you know a multimillionaire, but if I don't have proper protection on my on my property, if I don't have a, a lock on my door, people are going to steal from me. If I don't properly, uh, you know, make sure that my uh, my password to my bank account is uh, is safe, then somebody's gonna, you know, take my uh, have identity theft, and uh, I'm gonna be penniless. So you need a bracha, and you need shmir. We ask Hakadosh Baruch give me a bracha that I should have. I should have parnasa, and also Yishmerach and protect that, protect my assets, protect my future, protect my reputation, protect my good name. All of these things are things that I need. For what? For Gashmias. The first bracha is a bracha that we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for Gashmias. The second bracha, Yar Hashem Panav Eilacha V'yichuneka. Hashem should lighten up. Yar Hashem Panav Eilacha. He should enlighten me. V'yichuneka and give me chen. So the Mepharshim say, if you look in the and the Farshim say that this is a bracha of Taira. This is a bracha that Akashbarhu should enlighten Enlighten my face with Taira. I want to be able to be inspired, to be creative, to be sanctified with your Taira. So here we have the two opposite extremes. We have a bracha that we're asking. HaKadosh Baruch to give us Gashmias. And then we have a bracha that I want Ruchnias. Now, it's a hard trick. It's a hard balancing act. To ask HaKadosh Baruch for Gashmias, okay, I get that. To ask HaKadosh Baruch for Ruchnias, fine. But how do you do both? For that you need the third bracha. Yisa Hashem, Panavelech, HaKadosh Baruch should lift his face, Kaviyachal, to me. V'yaseim l'cha shalim. And he should give me peace. What does it mean, peace? What is shalom? 
Shalom means that we should be able to find this, the synthesis between Ruchnius and Gashmius. The first bracha is Ruchnius. Is Gashmias. The second bracha is Ruchnias. The third bracha is the combination of the two. The Shalom, the Shlemus, the ability to combine both within me. That I should be able to pursue Gashmias, pursue Ruchnias, and that they're not a part of the Sasser, they're not a steer, they're not a contradiction between one another. I should be able to live a life that I have the creature comforts that I need and that my family need. Very important. And at the same time, not neglect my spiritual aspirations to be able to learn, to be able to daven like a mensch, to be able to do mitzvahs, to give tzedakah, all of these things that we daven for so hard that we want to be able to continue our aliyah, our growth in Ruchnius. How do you combine the two? It's so challenging. You know, this shmuz would really be great for Balabatim who are out in the workplace, how they're able to combine Ruchnius and Gashmius, which is an amazing thing. But it's really, in our yeshiva, it's also, you don't have to wait to go out in the world. It's a very, this is a great time of year to talk about it because it's final time. You want to learn, but you also have to study for finals. And how do you balance the two? And that's, that's a $64,000 question. But we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a bracha through Aaron Ba'ava, that you'll find the peace, you will find the shalom, you will be able to find the right way to balance the two. It's hard. It's almost impossible. Because, you know, when you're engaged in too much ruchnius, it's not so good for the gashmius. When you're engaged in too much gashmius, it's very bad for the ruchnius. You have to be able to find that right balance, that, you know, the, the fine-tuning to make sure that we are getting a healthy dose of ruchnius and gashmius. You know, these vitamins that they, that they market, they, uh, it gives you all of the, uh, all the necessary uh, fibers and minerals and everything that you need in one pill. That would be great to be able to figure out that pill that gives us all the necessary proteins and nutrients that our body needs. It's a very hard thing to figure out how to combine Ruchnius and Gashmius, but this is the Birkas Kaihanim. It tells us you have to have Gashmius, you should be Mavarech in that, you should be Mavarech in Ruchnius. And then you have to have the Shalom, the Shlemus, the, the seamless perfection in being able to get everything together at once and make it work. And this set of five is basically why we plug in these numbers of three, five, and seven back into Ibrashana. Because since Ibrashana really is this, Ibrashana is taking the Chama, the Gashmias, taking the Levana, the Ruchnias, and combining the two together to make sure that they're in sync. That we need the inspiration of Birkas Kayanim, the three, the five, the seven, in order to make sure to get the right balance. So we start off the process with three Dayanim, we debate it with five, and we conclude it with seven, as if to say that we need the process of Birkas Kayanim infused into the process of Ibrashana because they're really both the same.
how to make this work is something that you really need to work on yourself. You can ask a Rebbe, you can ask a Chavrusa, but the truth is that we know ourselves, and no one else can really truly tell us how much we need of each, and when is the right shear and when is not the right shear. You have to know yourself. We know instinctively when we're not feeling that we're doing enough ruchnius. We know sometimes, you know, in the summer especially, we have three months off now, and it's very hard. It's hard for everybody to be able to really feel good in the summer. In the winter, during the school year, during the, during when we're open, it's, it's very geschmack because we are sort of given that balance. We have to learn first seder, we have to learn night seder, and then in the afternoon we have our college, and it all works out nice. Structure is the greatest gift that a human being could ask for. You think that you want to throw away structure. Already, I can't wait for the summer. Why? What's so great about the summer? Well, I'll be off. Is that a good thing to be off? It might be if a person's able to really be well motivated and structured and have everything, you know, just like very robotic. But for people not so perfect, for people that it's very challenging to stay, you know, good and strong and, and walk that straight line, it's very hard. The summer is very hard because we, we sort of don't necessarily do the right thing. So we, we take the easy way out and we uh, spend large chunks of our day just wasting our time, holding down the couch, all the cliches, but there is not enough ruchnius. And when there is not enough ruchnius, we feel horrible. It's just the neshama is not getting what it needs, the proteins that it needs, and it's a terrible, terrible experience. And so it's important then to really double the dose of ruchnius. And then sometimes we are maybe ODing on ruchnius, and that's having a bad effect on our gashmis. We're not able to uh, do well in college. We're not able to uh, hold down a job because we're so, you know, busy with, our, with, with ruchnius, and that's not good either. That's not healthy either. So then you have to step back the ruchnius a little bit and, and be massive on the gashmis. We're not eating enough at night, uh, uh, during the day. We're not sleeping enough at night. So that, we think, oh, that's very from, but the Yitzhah, it's really the Yitzhah. The Yitzhah doesn't want us to sleep so much. He'll say, be a masmid, stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning, then you're not going to be able to wake up on time uh, like a mensch, go to davening, and the whole next day is going to be ruined. So you have to know exactly how to balance ruchnius and gashmius. That is the challenge, the number one challenge of our life, period. And there's a great vart, and we're going to end with this. I promise it will be a short schmooze, and I don't want to uh, go back on my word, but it's a very important vart from Rabbi Yisrael of Rizhin, the great Heliger Rizhiner, who was one of the Hasidic masters that I speak about so often. He was a, uh, he was a tremendous... He, I guess he would be really the epitome of the schmooze in a way, because he was a tremendous guddle in Ruchnius, and he was also the most Gashmiastika Rebbe that you could find. Sounds terrible, but his, his whole shita in Chassidus was that a Chassidish Rebbe should be like a king, should be a melech. And as such, he lived in opulence. He was like the most Gashmiya, he had golden boots, 
and he had a golden bekesha, and he had a he had fur, and he had a, a palace, and he had a throne, and he had silver and gold utensils that he would use, and he was so king-like that the king, the Tsar of Russia, threw him in jail because the Tsar was jealous of his malucha. He thought that he was rebelling against the king because he has his own malucha. Can you imagine the Tsar of Russia himself lived in tremendous opulence? He was jealous of the, of the Rizhina. But the Rizhina was, was Kadesh Kadashim. And he was somehow able to balance the Ruchnius and the Gashmius in a perfect way. So when we hear a var from the Rizhina, in this, especially in this, in this regard, in this shmuz, it's, we really have to pay attention because he's going to give us the answer to how to combine both. And this is his quote. How does a tightrope walker maintain his balance? You know, there are people in the circus, there's a tightrope, or people crossing Niagara Falls sometimes, or different things like this, a very scary thing. You have to walk across a single rope and, and balance yourself so that you don't fall. How do you do that? So how does, he, how does a tightrope walker maintain his balance? When he feels himself pulled to one side, he immediately leans toward the other side. That's how he keeps his balance. If he starts to suddenly like dip towards the left, he pulls himself all the way to the right. He makes a jerk to the right, and then he's somehow able to catch himself. And if he's going to the right, and he feels himself falling, got to go. He doesn't just go a little, he has to go a lot to the, to the left, and that way he maintains his balance. And the originator said, we must apply this technique to life in general. This is how we have to apply our technique. You can't really get an exact number. If you go to Rabbi and say, you know, Rabbi, how do I uh, figure out the right balance? Should I, should I learn 10 hours a day and, uh, and work 6 hours a day? Should I follow the Rambam and, you know, learn, work 3 hours a day and, uh, and learn the rest of the day? What's the right balance for me? The answer is, I don't know. I don't know. It depends on you. It depends on how you feel. It depends on how you feel your, your, your equilibrium in life is. If you feel like comfortable where you are in a, in a good way, I don't mean like a, in a, a leisurely way, I mean in a, you feel like you're accomplishing, so your neshama feels really good about itself, you feel like you're learning, you know, really geschmack, and you're making a lot of starim, and you're chazering, and you, you're learning halacha, and you're learning musr, and you're learning bikiyas, and bikiyan, if you have all of that going for you, and you're able to work and feel good about your job and make a living, that's great. Then you're, you're perfect. But sometimes you feel, you know, maybe I could really uh, be learning a little more. I know that I, I'm not really doing enough. I'm finding myself wasting a lot of time, on, not on things that are important, but on Narish guiding. And I could really fill that time with Ruchnius. And because of that, my neshama feels like bad, because like, it's not getting enough nutrients so you got to push in that direction. you got to learn more. And then, uh, you know, then you'll f- figure out that that will be a good balance, hopefully. Sometimes it's the other way. Sometimes you feel that you know, you're really doing great ruchnius, but your gashmius is suffering. So you're, you're not doing well on those finals, or you're not, do- you're, not, you're not investing enough time in your work, or in your business, or in your, in your family. 
you're not eating enough, you're not sleeping enough. All of those things are things that are telltale signs that although your ruchnius might be good, but your gashmius needs to be increased. So you have to now you know, make a jerk towards the other way and find that healthy balance between ruchnius and gashmius. It's a very difficult thing because, and you need a Rebbe maybe to advise you to make sure that you're not coasting and you're not uh, resting on your laurels and you're not doing too little in either department or too much in either department, but you yourself really have the answer. Deep down inside, you'll know if you wake up in the morning with a geschmack and I'm davening and I'm learning and I'm doing my school and I'm doing my work and you feel like that your day is very wholesome and you feel like you're really on top of your game, then you probably have it right. But if you feel like something is off kilter, something is wrong, I'm not, I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel like I'm really doing enough in either ruchnis or gashmis, and it's affecting me in a bad way. You have to readjust, you have to recalibrate your seder hayayim and your life. And that's a very important thing. We all have to make these decisions on our own for ourselves. Because no one knows us as well as we know ourselves. And we can fool the world. We can't really fool ourselves. We can make everybody, oh, he's a masmi, he's geschmack, he's this, he's learning, he's that. But we know ourselves if we're really on the right path or not. And in the summer, this isn't the closer schmooze, I don't think. Maybe it could be, but we'll see. But um, if Shlem is not going to be here, maybe this should be the closer schmooze. But... It's a very important time as we go into the summer to really work on this. And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to me. Because if there's too much time, it's a problem. And we know that it's a problem. We know that we will gravitate towards doing things that we should not be doing if we have too much time on our hands. And we have to really make a conscious effort to make a well-balanced summer, to be able to learn amount, the, the right amount we have to play ball in the summer. We have to spend time with our family in the summer. We have to be able to do school if we're doing that or do a summer job if we're doing that. But whatever it is, we have to figure out now, before we go into the summer, how am I going to find this balance? How am I going to have the, the triple bracha of Birkas Kahanim? How am I going to have the Vrecha Shamishim Recha, the Nechasim, that my Gashmiya should be catered to? And at the same time, the Yarashem Panam Elacha Bichuneka, I should have Haras Panam, I should feel the Rabbi Shalom shining his countenance upon my face with Limit Atayra and Asiyas HaMitzvahs. And really, how am I going to combine the two together? How am I going to find that Shalom, the Shlemus between the Ruchnias and the Gashmias? Again, during the school year, it's, I think, a lot easier for all of us to do. In the summer, it becomes really hard. And after you leave yeshiva, it becomes almost impossible. And that's why I think that this yeshiva is really great in many ways, but it's really great to prepare people for going out into the workplace, whenever that time may be. Because if you go to a yeshiva that's full-time learning, which is amazing in its own way, but the challenge there is that you never really learned how to balance Ruchnius and Gashmius, as you do here. So there you're not really prepared. If you go out into the real world, many guys, they go out to work and they completely you know, abandon their Sidre uh, Limud because 
you know, um, now I'm, I'm doing this. So, you know, when I was doing Ruchnius, I was Ruchnius all the way. Now it's Gashmi, so I'm going to go Gashmi all the way. But that's not the right way. You have to have Shalom between Ruchnius and Gashmius, and that's really what we are trained in a way here. And the real litmus test to see whether or not the training uh, was successful or not is in the summer and more generally after graduation. And this is something that we've spoken about a million times in a diff- million different ways, but it's such an important and critical lesson to reiterate over and over again because this is really the lesson of life itself. How to be able to combine Ilam Haza and Ilam Haba, Ruchnius and Gashmius, Taira and, and Derech Eretz, and find that Shlemus, that perfection that makes us happy to the Rabbeinu Shalom and to people, benam l'chaveira, benam l'amakim, to be able to really be that good, fine, upstanding yid that gives HaKadosh Baruch Hu nachas, gives Klai Yisrael nachas. This is our challenge in life, and this is our opportunity in life. And amidst Hashem, we should all be matzliach in this great adventure of our future.